Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and world. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Mutuality Matters podcast from Christians for Biblical Equality. Alongside my friend and colleague, Lila Van Gerpen, I am Rob Dixon. Can women and men work alongside one another in healthy ministry partnerships? Our answer is an emphatic yes. And on this podcast, we interview practitioners exploring what flourishing mixed-gender ministry partnerships look like in the field. This week, our guests are the Reverends Jeff and April Feet a married couple who served together as co-pastors of First Presbyterian Church in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. They have been working together, sharing the ministry assignment of uh, head pastor for 14 years. Jeff and April, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're so glad to have you and to learn from you today. And uh, we're eager to jump in. Yes, we are so excited. Before we get into a conversation about your wives and partnership and ministry, let's start with a bit of an icebreaker question. So we thought it'd be fun to hear, like, as you think about books and movies and shows that you really enjoy, what is one that embodies a mixed gender partnership that you just really appreciate? And what about it do you appreciate? Well, when uh, April and I were talking about about this just the other day, and and I've been rereading the Harry Potter series which is one of my favorites and um and so that immediately sprung to mind for me um because of ron harry and hermione working together and um and just uh the way that they all rely upon each other and and need each other's gifts and um and even though they have varying gifts and uh, varying skills um they they really need each other in order to accomplish the mission that they've been assigned and and i think that that really exemplifies for me what what uh, working together uh, is uh, between the genders and 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 just in general, but um, that's been kind of one example that I hold up quite a bit. Yeah, um, I love that gender partnerships. Um, for me, I just recently finished watching the series Superstore, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I love the partnership between Jonah and Amy in the show. And one of the things that really draws me to the two of them is that they often have to check in with each other about their expectations and they have really uncomfortable, difficult conversations, but they just lay it out there. And there's something about that that's refreshing to me. I think that especially in American society, uh, men and women have often been conditioned not to talk to one another about certain topics, even when it's the elephant in the room. And so I appreciate that about them. And even though it's tough and sometimes there's fallout, um, ultimately those conversations bring them together. And so I really appreciate that. That's so fun. I love it too, that it's like modeling a work environment and a friendship relationship, you know, um, just the complexity of those dynamics. Yeah, it's a fun show. Very yeah, cool. and in, in Superstore, it's cool because they start out as colleagues and eventually have to navigate power differentials as each of them embody different roles. Um, and being able to name, this is hard for me now because you're my boss, or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I think we would just do well to emulate that in yeah. our relationships. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I've never, I've never seen Superstore, so it's got a, 
going on the list. Listeners, you now have two yeah. recommendations. Harry Potter. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah. Well, let me, let me take you back to what, 14 years ago or so when you started working together, what, where did you get the idea of co-pastoring, of sharing the leadership role in the church? Yeah. So when we started seminary together, I don't think either of us had in mind uh, that we would work together. No. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we had in mind, to be honest, <laughs> but, but that was probably not at the top of our list. Um, and we had a, um, I guess, I guess you would call him a professor, uh, but also he was the head of the formation for ministry department at our seminary. Um, and he really uh, encouraged us to explore the idea. He was familiar with folks who did it. Um, and, and so that was our initial kind of intro to it. Um, and then he put us in positions then throughout our time at seminary of learning from others who were doing the same thing. Um, and it kind of gave us a, a vision of what it looks like kind of on the ground, um, how we could work together and how it could work in, in a positive way. Um, so that was kind of our, our introduction to it. Yeah, and we were in a really unique position in our seminary where between our graduating class and the class one year ahead of us in seminary, there were 11 ministry couples. And wow. Some of them ended up in co-pastorates. Others of them pursued separate callings. And it, it was really helpful to us to be able to watch our friends and our colleagues in seminary grapple with how their gifts best fit together. Um, so that was really helpful to us to have others that were in the same discernment position that we were in. Wow. That, that's a, I mean, that's powerful. So there was, it sounds like there was a mentor that had a vision that said, Hey, y'all should think about this and others are thinking about this and let me be intentional, the mentor of setting up ways to learn. It's a wonderful uh, picture, the power of mentoring. It's great. Yeah. And to be able to kind of launch and figure out how to do it and then have others, you know, to kind of almost a cohort to kind of experience yeah. that with. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a really unique experience to have so many others in the same position. And it's been really cool in that 14 years to watch. Some of them didn't begin in co-ministry and ended up moving into that. Some began that way and moved out of it and just watching how seasons of life change the way that um, they are partnering together in their marriages and in their ministry. That's very cool. Well, let's talk about this partnership. So as you think about your partnership at your community at First Press, like what are, how practically do you see your partnership blessing or benefiting your community there? That's a great question. Um, one of the practical things that we have seen, we the way that we um, do preaching in our church is we preach every other week. And so every other week, our congregation gets two different perspectives on scripture passages. And that's a blessing to the church, but also to each of us, because every other week I get to hear a sermon I didn't give, um, which is just wonderful. Um, we've also, in pastoral care, we've had um, women approach me with things that maybe they wouldn't be comfortable telling a male pastor. Um, and Jeff has had the same experience with men coming to him. You know, people have said, you know, I've never told my pastor that I deal with anxiety, or I've never told my pastor about this sensitive um, medical issue um, that maybe is embarrassing or taboo to speak about. Um, so that's really been a blessing. Another thing that, that um, has been 
both a challenge, but also um, I think a blessing is that working together allows us to kind of focus on our areas of giftedness. Um, and so, so because we're different people and we have different gifts and skill sets, um, uh, you know, April can do some things that she's really passionate about and really gifted at. Uh, and that allows me to then not have to do that if I'm not as gifted at that. And I can focus on the areas where I am more gifted. Um, but at the same time, we also get to then see each other in those areas of giftedness and learn from them so that we improve our skills in some of those areas as well. So I can watch April um, do some of her education that she's so good at and, and learn some techniques on how I can be a better educator. Um, and, and so it's, a, it's kind of a neat partnership in that way that we can, can both focus on areas that we're passionate about, but also learn um, in the areas where we may be a little bit weaker. Um, yeah. And so it's, a, it's kind of a give and take there, okay. which is really good. Yeah, I love that. I love the almost like learning lab of rather yeah. than all that pressure on you of thinking, how am I going to do all these different job roles? But like being able to kind of figure out your sweet spots and encourage yeah. each other and each other's. Yeah. Um, that's really neat. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Um, I think of the single single pastors out there, maybe some who are listening, who think they have to do everything every week, and yes. the idea that they can share leadership. Um, I mean, something to consider for folks. I think it's a beautiful picture you're painting. Tell so beautiful picture. That's for sure. There's probably also some tough spots to it. I'm imagining. <laughs> so, so maybe yes. share a little bit of the struggles or some of the difficult things, the challenges that you run up against as you work together. Sure. I think that building into what Jeff just shared about operating out of your giftedness, when you have a ministry partner who's very gifted in an area of your weakness, it can be tempting to just pull away and say, well, he's really good at that. I'm just going to let him do that. Um, whereas I think the challenge for a solo minister is you need to grow in your areas of weakness. You can't just shy away from them. So that can definitely be a pitfall if you're an avoidant person to just say, oh, they'll just do it. Um, also, communication is just super key. And when Jeff and I were first, when we were in seminary and we were preparing to go into co-ministry, one of the things we heard over and over and over is don't bring your work home with you. You're married. Don't bring your work home with you. But we work together and all of our time during the day is in ministry. And so you, you can't just neatly say this is home and this is work. You just you can't. And so we've had to develop some boundaries and some strategies. You know, say we're watching an episode of Superstore and you get a text message about something from the church. We have developed that we'll just say, okay, for five minutes, we're going to say we got this text. We're going to send an email to ourselves to address it in the morning and we can unpack it quickly and then put it away until tomorrow. Um, but dealing with that expectation that we would never bring work home, we kind of shamed ourselves a bit because it's almost impossible to do, especially if you have a smartphone that's connected to your email or whatever, people are just constantly available. So that's been a growing edge for us. Yeah, uh, to piggyback off that a little bit. I mean, just communication in general is, is really uh, a key and, and is a, a place where, where there, there's a lot of challenges, um, both between the two of us, as well as between us and the congregation. Because a lot of times there's a tendency to kind of uh, triangulate, not necessarily in a, in a conflict way, but in, in just like 
trying to get me to pass messages to April or April to pass messages to me rather than talking directly to the person kind of involved in that particular uh, part of ministry. And it's usually Um, for reasons of convenience. I'm in the office and Jeff isn't. So someone comes to me and says, Hey, well, you, I know you're not doing that committee, but can you pass this to Jeff and developing ways to say, um, I'll write him a note, or if you would text him, that actually really help um, since he's the one yeah. directly involved in that and trying to just get people to meet in the middle. Yeah. So it, it's, it's made us, forced us to kind of figure out how to communicate between ourselves, but also how to communicate to the congregation the way that they should, should communicate with us, uh, the, the most effective way, I guess, to communicate with us. Yeah. So you know, if I'm, if, if it's a particular committee or something that meets that I'm the one that attends, but they come to April and say, can you tell Jeff this? She can say, you know, can you text Jeff about that? Or, um, or she can, uh, she can take the message and give it to me, but, but it, it kind of depends on the situation. And we, we try to avoid a lot of that kind of passing messages. Like we're, you know, teenagers in school trying to pass the message to, to another kid, but, um, but it does, I mean, it leads to some, some problems sometimes where, um, you know, somebody will, will think a, a lot of times what happens is, um, you know, I'll be a part of, of the planning of something or vice versa. And then the person will think that I've communicated that to April and maybe I have, but maybe I haven't. And they'll come to her and say, Oh, do you know about such and such? And she'll be like, well, no, I don't really know about that. Cause maybe we hadn't had a chance to talk about it. Or I forgot. Cause that happens sometimes too, or I forget that, to tell her about something. And, and so then it leads to just some confusion. They, they don't understand why she doesn't know. And, 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 you know, I, I feel bad cause I didn't communicate that to her and she feels frustrated cause she didn't know about it. And, and so it's just, it, we have to work hard to make sure that the communication is strong at all times, um, both between us and, and between the congregation. And that, yeah. that provides challenges quite a bit. Do you have a moment in your church year where you say to the congregation, this is what Pastor April is doing? This is what Pastor Jeff is doing? Or is it that clear or it's still more like we're figuring out as we go along? You know, um, it's not as clear as it probably needs to be. It's becoming more clear the longer that we're in ministry in this place, because each congregation is different. Their committee needs are different. Their ministry is different. Um, The longer we're here, it becomes clearer, I think. And we're actually in the process, Rob, because I um, read your book together in ministry, we're in the process of sitting down together and um, more concretely delineating who oversees which areas of ministry so that we have clarity and can pass that clarity on to others. Um, I think because we share things, we resisted um, having to delineate things. Um, but I just think it would be helpful to have that clarity um, between ourselves and and with others. Yeah, and there, I mean, there, we've tried to make it clear to our church that there are times where that's going to change. I mean, that, that ministry is fluid, and so you know the way April and I. Um, worked when we first started here, the way we delineated tasks when we first started here six years ago is far different from how we delineate tasks now. Um, and it'll probably be far different in six years from now. Um, and so so we don't want to lock ourselves into a, a certain way of functioning completely. Uh, at the same time, we want to we want to make sure we're communicating with our congregation and with each other where those where we are at, at each 
certain point in time so that the communication is clear and open yep. and, and we're able to, um, to, to do well with that. Yeah, and we actually just went through a, um, the annual pastoral review process at our church. And as we're talking with you right now, I'm thinking that would actually be a really great opportunity for Jeff and I to annually review those um, delineations of committees and expectations in ministry areas. That way, we're acknowledging um, where things really are. And, and for us, because we're a married couple with children, a large part of what... Um, changes who oversees what areas of ministry is what our kids are involved in. When we came here, our kids were in elementary school and now we have a high schooler and a middle schooler. And so their needs from their parents are very different than they were six years ago. Um, and so we greatly appreciate the flexibility of being able to figure out how can we best pastor and parent. Um, but it does make for some, some challenging um, dynamics at times. Yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing that. Um, those are some really, I love the practicality around like boundaries and helping people kind of differentiate your two individual people, even though you job chair. Um, what are some other practical ways that you've kind of made it work? And what tips do you have for couples who are in this position of job chairing a ministry position? Um, one thing that we have started doing in the last year and a half that I wish we had been doing a long time ago is we try either every morning before we come into the office or every evening when we're finished with our time in the office, we take a long walk with each other and debrief the day. Um, and it serves a couple of purposes. It gives us time together where we're just Jeff and April. We're not Pastor Jeff and Pastor April. Um, sometimes we talk about work. Sometimes we talk about you know, things our kids are going through or whatever, but it's very cathartic to be able to walk and talk. And then when we get finished with our walk, there's a conclusion. We're finished with, with that particular conversation. You know, say there was a frustration at church. We're finished with that conversation and we don't need to bring it home, but we dealt with it together. So we're, we're finding that to be very helpful. Um, piggybacking off on, on, off of that a little bit. Um, one of the biggest challenges I think for the two of us over the years has been um, that fact that we are a married couple that works together. And so we're together all the time and finding those moments to kind of be just us rather than, than kind of us as that, that uh, work entity, but us as a couple um, and us as a family with our kids, um, finding those moments is, is challenging because because we do work together. And so when we're, when we come home, what do we have to talk about except, except more work stuff. And so, <laughs> so finding those, those outlets outside of work um, is, has been really important. And so, um, and, and I think some people, you know, the tendon, I think the, the tendency is to tell people, you know, shut off work and, and do something different, but you can't entirely do that when you work together. Um, and so, so what I say is do it in, in small increments, find little things that you can do together in small increments that can separate you from that. So like we started watching a television show at dinner time together and it just allowed us to kind of shut our brains off, do something else. And then it gave us something else to talk about too, because we could talk about what happened in the show and what we were wondering about was going to happen in the future of the show. 
Um, and so little things like that, taking walks together, even though we talk about work, um, it allows us to kind of put it away. Like we can, we can get it out and put it away. Mm -hmm. And so then we can, we can be just Jeff and April rather than, than this pastoring entity that we, we are most of the time during the day. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I would just add that when you have children, um, that that boundary is especially important because one thing that Jeff and I have always been convicted about from the very beginning of our co-ministry was that we never wanted our children to feel caught in the middle of what mom and dad are doing or to feel responsible for it. I remember when my son was maybe three or four years old and he said, our whole family works at the church. And I had to very quickly say, well, honey, I love that you feel that way, but you aren't responsible for this. You get to be my child. And the stuff that happens at church, that's mom and dad's deal. You don't have to be responsible for that. Um, and so um, taking our walk to debrief has been good too, because our kids are old enough that they can be at home by themselves for 20 minutes while mom and dad take a walk. And then they don't have to hear about it when we get home. Also, but it's also been good for us to find things that that we do on our own outside of work, not even together, but yeah. like April has her crochet and her, her writing that is kind of outside of, of work. Um, and I, I like to read and um, I follow certain sports teams and things like that. And now I've taken on this, this chaplaincy job as a second job that, um, that uh, allows me just something outside of, of work here at the church um, and that, that gives us just a broader perspective on life as well as um, other things to talk about amongst ourselves. And that's, that's helpful a lot of times too. And then of course there's the chickens. We can't forget the chickens. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Everyone listening should follow April on Twitter for all the twists and turns of the feet family chicken uh, yes. arrangement. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, last night was a, a wonderful moment for boundary setting. We we went outside. We were expecting a hard freeze overnight. And so we went outside and picked the last of everything in the garden, which meant the chickens got some cabbage that hadn't formed all the way. And my daughter was shredding the leaves off and the chickens were were eating that. And And it's just delightful to have something in my own backyard that, you know, there's always something new and exciting every day. Man. Awesome. Well, follow April on Twitter, everybody. For more, <laughs> more on that. Let me, let me ask uh, two more questions. The, the, this last, the second to last one is I, I want to capture, if we can, your heart. So when you think about the church and the church you want your kids to go to and their kids and on and on, um, what would you, how would you, what words would you put to that as you think about women and men working together, either in a job sharing situation like the ones you have, or, or just any other time that women and men are working together? What's your heart for partnership? I think what what my ideal would be is is to see people not only serve in the church, both men and women, but to thrive in what they're what they're doing, and and what I see the church uh, as a as a place to be is 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 a place where where we help people find their areas where they can thrive, um, and and I think that that that's something that we've, we've seen a lot in our current church, um, in the way that they do ministry, uh, even before we came here, but, but, um, it, is that they really, uh, they really do have a lot of passionate people that, that have gifts for certain things. And, and when they are directed to those certain things that they're passionate about, 
it's just amazing to watch. And, and that's what I think the church could be and should be, is just a place where people work out of their giftedness. And, and when they do that, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. And I love to watch people when they're passionate about something, do that thing that they're passionate about. It's just, it's just fun to watch. And it makes, I think makes everybody else around them better for it. Yeah. I love that answer. That's a great answer. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think my heart could best be described as no person in the church thinking an area of ministry is off limits to them because of their gender. For people to be able to look for a young girl to be able to look up at the pulpit and say, mom, when I grow up, I want to be a pastor or a young boy who wants to be involved in a, an artistic adventure in the church, um, you know, sewing pyramids or, or doing things like that. Um, a church where each person is able to listen to the unique giftings from the Holy Spirit in their life and, and respond to that with a faithful yes. That, that's what I long to see in the church. And I think that as that happens, we will see more and more mixed gender ministry partnerships because we'll find that men and women are called to lead together. I mean, that's what it says in Joel too. That's what it says in Acts and the vision of the church at Pentecost. And I just, I'm thrilled to see that that happens in more and more places. And so thank you for, for this podcast too. This will be one more way people can see what's possible. Yeah. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah, thanks for, those are beautiful visions. Thanks so much for sharing those. Yeah, I love that. Um, this has been great. It's so helpful to hear your stories and even just the practical ways that you've been working this out and can offer some advice to others in this. Um, if people want to connect with you, how can they connect with you? Are you on social? Well, we've heard about the Twitter, and the chickens, <laughs> but where else can they connect with you? Well, April's got most of the social media following. I, I'm on social media. Um, I'm at Jeffrey Feet, F-I-E-T, uh, R, at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, Feet, F-I-E-T, um, at, on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I don't post on Instagram at all, so you, you can follow me, but you won't see anything. Um, <laughs> I, I post occasionally on Twitter, but not very often, mostly get tagged by April. Yeah, um, that's true. And then I'm on Facebook as Jeff Feet, um, and I I post on Facebook once in a while. That's about the only place that I post much anymore. I used to post more, but not very often. Um, but April's all over social media. So you can follow her and you'll find me kind of tagging along. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm most active on Twitter at April feet, F I E T. Um, I have a website that's aprilfeet.com where people can sign up for my e-newsletter or, or just see what all I'm writing about at that time. Um, but Twitter is my, crochet pictures, chicken pictures, um, theology. Um, it's everything. So that's, that's a good place to go. Nice. I'm, I'm, uh, putting together a motion to, uh, formally make April the pastor of Twitter. Oh. <laughs> There's a petition for that. So I'm working on nice. that. So April, uh, you have a book coming out. We need to hear about that. I do. Oh my goodness. I can't even believe it's going to be here so soon. Um, my book, The Sacred Pulse, Holy Rhythms for Overwhelmed Souls is coming out December 14th through Broadleaf Books. And I'm just super excited um, to share. It's about the way that we can listen to the heartbeat of God when it comes to 
various rhythms of our lives, whether it's how we eat our meals or what we do with unexpected free time or um, what it looks like when we plant a garden. And I'm just super excited for this. I was excited for it when I was writing for uh, writing this book. But here, after almost two years of the COVID pandemic, I have personally found myself wondering, how do I shape my life going forward um, in new, healthy ways? And so I hope that this book will be useful for others who are asking those same questions. Maybe so. Maybe so. We'll put we'll put all that information in the show notes uh, so folks can find you and click on links and get where they need to go. But thank you so much, Reverend yeah. Jeff, and, Jeff and April Feet for doing this. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for Thanks inviting for us. Up. So good to be with you both. What a great conversation. Uh, Rob, what is staying with you? Like, what did you hear that's kind of just grabbing you? Yeah, I think I said this in the moment, I'm pretty sure, but I'll take away this idea that there's power in mentoring. So for the feats, there was someone, a professor, I think, that cast vision for partnership and and then not only cast vision for it, but gave them models and some training, it sounds like, uh, to, to, and then collected people into it, like you said, into a cohort line. And that there's power in that. And I think about the intentionality that goes into that. And that's a theme I think we, we will discover and have been discovering as we've been talking with yeah. folks about, about a mixed gender ministry partnership is this intentionality piece. So that was, that'll, that'll stick with me. How about for you? Yeah, I think the just hearing them talk about the process of the congregation, kind of this learning curve of figuring out how to differentiate them as like individual people, even though they're married and share, you know, their co-pastors, that it was a learning curve to kind of help them see, uh, help them um, differentiate them. And then as a married couple in a job share, like working out healthy boundaries to help their, help them thrive in all factors. And then also, um, as they, you know, as parents helping them model that for their kids as well, these healthy boundaries, these transition markers of like taking a walk, resetting, but then also releasing their kids from feeling like they're the, um, the, the subtle pressure that they're on the staff team and have to, you know, and so I just really like their, um, thoughts around how they've worked out boundaries over time. Yeah, that's great. Well, we want to say thanks again to Jeff and April Feet for giving us a gift of their story today. Thanks everyone for joining us on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love to hear from you. Follow Christians for Biblical Equality on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info and content. You can leave us a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you loved this episode and how could you not, please share it with a friend. I'm Rob Dixon with my co-host, Lila Van Gerpen. We would like to thank our talented editor, as always, Landon Hook, as well as Christians for Biblical Equality. Be sure to listen to other episodes with our team of co-hosts coming to your devices every week. We are the Mutuality Matters podcast. And again, thanks for listening. Looking for more information about CBE and our mission for biblical equality? then please visit cbeinternational.org for more information. And please be sure to tune in each week for new episodes here or wherever else you listen to podcasts.